and welcome back to the Chronicles of the Depressing Fires Volume 2. If you missed our last podcast where we chronicled the Depressing Fires again, uh, just look at the podcast below this one. Same same title, just not Volume 2. Yep. And it's still sad. Still, still very sad. It, I, I didn't realize how sad it was until I literally just looked at the standings before we started. The Flyers are officially last in the Metro one point behind the Devils, the Flyers are 15, 26, 10, with 40 points. The Devils, 18, 29, and 5, with 41 points. It's sad. It's not only sad, it's going from bad to just straight ugly. It's, you know, it's but, not even a bad, it's just from worse to ugly. That, that's how it goes in Philadelphia land. And like uh, what Mike mentioned you know, not too long ago before we started, they're only going to get even worse once Claude Giroux gets traded. To who? We'll wait and see. High speculation, still Colorado, but I want to talk about that a little bit later. That's something on. I, just want, to... I just remember something I want to talk about later for when we talk about <laughs> trades. <laughs> well, Mike, if you have a good idea on no, where no, no, we're no, leading no. to, that's right, that's right. a later in the podcast thing. Just just write it down so we don't forget like we usually do. I'm not going to forget. That's going okay. to involve, it involves Drew. So okay, well there you go, Colorado. Right. Anyway, so. so um, you know, as usual, got the stat head. Going to look over the standings for, um, you know, currently the wild card standings for, of course, like top three teams in each division. And then who realistically has a chance to take the first and second wild card in both um, conferences. Uh, of course, uh, Philadelphia's uh, um, sorry, cap friendly. We'll go over there. Um, you know, and then TSN finally updated their trade bait list. So we will take a look at that uh, for you know the ones that stand out the most. It's 50 names on there. We're definitely not going over all 50, but... And we're still a still, month away. And we're still a freaking month away. Realistically, the trade deadline like in any other like year... Should, yeah, tell me about it. The trade deadline usually should be about two days from now, the last day of February. Or, but yeah. for some reason, it is literally one month from now, if not even... Just under less. a month yeah. from now. It, no, I'm sorry. It, it, it's it's not even a, officially a month away. I think it's on the 28th this year. So it's a month and two days. So it's still not even a fully a month away. Which you don't get because <sighs> all there's left is a month of the season. So what's the point of having the day? Not even. Here? Not even, right? If not like half of that. So I feel like... like for exa- and we can talk about it more when we get to the deadlines. But I feel like because of that, maybe some of these deals won't be as lucrative because for a rental piece they're playing for significantly less games than they were oh wow okay i lied and i lied okay so this season because it screwed up it goes also remember there were games that got canceled mm-hmm. and that's why so there's rescheduled yeah, so, so that games makes sense okay that winter that olympic that games. makes sense now. okay so the flyers for example their last game april 29th at home um, against Ottawa. So, with that being said, so I stand corrected. So, like you said, actually, there is an entire month. Usually, there's only like two. Yeah. So, okay, two, maybe so, well, two and like two weeks. Two and a quarter. Going yeah. to like the beginning, of, like the first week of May. Two quarter, two and a half, kind of thing. So, yeah. anyway. So, with that being said, though, um, yeah, it's just, uh, dude, this just. Hockey is not fun right now. Oh, actually, 
before we even get to the depressing thing, I remember something else. But this is fun. This is fun stuff. So, I like fun stuff. Let's start with the fun stuff. I, it happened a week a weekend ago that the Olympics ended, and unfortunately, obviously, NHL players didn't go. Yes. But trivia time, Jeffrey. Could you name oh, me the three USA goalies in the 2010 Olympics in Vancouver? Ryan Miller. Oh, uh, Tim Thomas was his backup. The, and those two, I know for a fact. The third one, no, you are right. Mind. Yes. And you said there's three, which would make there sense. Three, yeah. So I got Ryan Miller, who started and majority of the games, Tim Thomas, and then Ryan Miller started the gold medal game against Canada. We're not going to talk about that. Uh, and I'm trying to think of like you. Is he even in the league? But he had, no, he hadn't been. Uh, for funsies, Jonathan Quick. It was. Let's go. You guys mentioned I were talking about that the other day. And for funsies at work the other day because I was bored. Do you know how disappointing it is that NHL players didn't go to these Olympics? Oh, extremely. you know how great the NHL USA goalies could have been. So let's compare that. We're talking John. Yeah, let's compare that 2010 goalies to <laughs> what could have potentially been this year's. John Gibson. John Gibson. Connor, Connor Hellebuck. Thatcher Demko. He's that. American. Yeah, because he played at Boston College on that unbelievably sick Boston College team that consisted of Johnny Hockey, Kevin Hayes, Cam Atkinson, I believe, at some point, uh, and a couple other unbelievably freaking incredible college hockey players who are NHLers right now. You know how much? Yeah, so that would have been, ooh. Could you argue, looking at the 20 singles to, what would have been this year's USA goalies? Who could you argue were or are, 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 are in such were the in their like in their prime that year and everything, yeah. or however you want to put it? Not necessarily in their prime, like back in 2010 versus these goalies now. Who would could you argue is the better trio? Jonathan Quick, Tim Thomas, and Ryan Miller, or uh, John Gibson, Connor Hellbuck, and uh, oh my god. And Dr. Demko, thank you. Sorry, Demko. So for Quick, he was just, I feel like he was just becoming a name. He, he definitely was, because that, that. So he wasn't he, that he was, dom, He wasn't that. I don't know if he was no, quite that he dominant really goalie everyone knew. Didn't, yet. At least to, from what I remember, I didn't really know his name until like 2010, 2011, like, like the very next Which, season. Yeah. And then uh, obviously, like 2011, 2012, when he had a probably one of the most greatest. Postseason performances I've seen in my life and will ever see in my life. Right up there with uh, flurries with Vegas. Yeah. Yeah, this is true. So, Except they didn't win. True. Um, so with that being said, though, I feel like you would have to look at the numbers and everything. You would, but I don't know. And, and also going- like the age group, you know. I agree. To me... Because I think Ryan Miller's potentially a Hall of Famer, maybe he never really. You got- could. Oh, that that's the tricky part because I we literally just talked about uh, which goalies are Hall of Fame worthy. It was yeah, we're talking, two, 
we talked about what were we uh, talking about last week? We were talking about Tuxters and uh, Pecorino. Tuxteresque and Pecorino. But if we go back to our last, oh no, no, we were talking about Lundquist. That's what it was. And Lundquist. Lundquist and and Pecorino. Yes. Yeah, we threw. But if you're if we're talking about our last last week uh, on our yeah. last underachievers, we were talking about other Hall of Famers yes. outside of hockey, right? But no, so the tricky part with Ryan Miller, so people forget how underrated he actually was because he played in Buffalo. You could easily say, like, "Oh, like, he was he was exceptional." Him he and was. Cam Ward were the sensational rookie goalies in 2006, and they faced each other in the playoffs, and you got an unbelievable action that year. Carolina Hurricanes, of course, went on to the one cup and compromised rookie Cam Ward. So, and I truly believe if Buffalo beat Carolina in that seven game series uh, in the conference finals, I believe it was, they would have probably won the cup against Edmonton. So, although Edmonton was good, they didn't have the goaltending like Buffalo did and Brian Miller. Plus, they had Chris Drury and Danny Briere. So they had a, they had a lot of uh, threats on, on their team there. Um, but no, so mention, in the 2000s, did you mention the assistant yeah. to the general manager, uh, Danny Breer? Assistant to the uh, special assistant to the general manager, Danny Breer. The very one, uh, the very same. Oh, so he also has the Pam Beasley position. Is that a secret? <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> the secret, um, secret to assistant mm-hmm. uh, regional manager. But yeah, to me, and Tim Thomas, if you like his, he did win, but I wouldn't put him. I don't think any of these guys are really Hall of Fame worthy esque players yet. Um, so look between quick, quick, I he think could in a way, argue. quick, could, yeah, quick, you can argue because he's got the two cups and he's got the cons, yeah, plus he's I was gonna got say he's probably the best, unreal number. I was gonna say he probably, I would has say, the best yeah, chance. so yeah, um, those older guys probably have a better chance than some of these guys now yeah um but gibson's only in his i think late 20s and yeah, so, so in his late 20s with, and yeah. demko's our age That's yeah like, gibson is 26 27 i'd say hellbuck's 28 29 somewhere in there mm-hmm. um so you know, they're relatively young players but they're solid Sorry, Dem- yeah no they're extremely solid and looking at john gibson um so this is the first year where they have a legitimate team in front of John Gibson compared to what they used to have the last his entire years, career yeah. with them. So with that being said, though, now that they actually have a team in front of them, I expect, and we'll get into this later, I don't know what, what they need on their team because kind of from head to toe, they're kind of covered. They are rumored to trade Hampus Lindholm which I think is a huge mistake, but I think it depends on the package they get in return. And we'll, we'll talk about that later because he's on TSN's trade bait list. I don't agree with it because if you're, and we'll get to um, the um, stat in a second, but if, if you're an, uh, if you're at Anaheim, like, yeah, they're, they're literally tied for the second wild card with Edmonton, Dallas, and themselves with 59 points. Uh, and then they're all five points below Nashville for the first wild card. So the they're right there in the issue is they played three more games. Than yeah, that does hurt them. That does hurt them. So they're, I think they're going to be like conservative buyers at the deadline. And again, like I said, we have a month away, so plenty of time. We'll see what happens. And 
I think from now until then, you're going to truly see, see this is what their intentions are. If I'm Anaheim, I wouldn't make too drastic of a move. I want to go right. full Montreal, where I where I felt like they jumped the cliff too early when they weren't when they weren't really as good as they really thought they were. Right. Anaheim's still in that rebuild stage. They just made it. To, they could or maybe on that next phase of the re- rebuild stage, where they may yeah. just be on the cusp of making the playoffs. Now maybe it's just a matter of getting the right person, right veteran, right whoever yeah. it is, right person that mixes well that you can go like, oh, awesome, we're in, we're good. But yeah. in terms of, because right now I think you, if you're a Ducks fan, you have to be okay with just going to the playoffs and more than likely losing in the playoffs. Oh, hundred percent, and not just in playoffs, the first round alone. Because I don't think they even expect themselves to be this good this year. No, I don't so, think any again, of the California teams because LA is second in the Pacific. Yeah, that, that's just the craziest thing. They're second in the Pacific with 63 points. They're ahead of Vegas right now. They're three points behind Calgary. Mm-hmm. Remember how people thought Chicago was going to be good this year because of getting Seth Jones <laughs> and Mark Andre Yeah, about that. They are nine points ahead of Seattle. Oh, and, no, uh, Jeffrey. Yes. We're catching up to Seattle. Seattle actually has yeah. one more win than we do. We're three points ahead of Seattle. I knew we were going to... I knew Seattle was going to be bad, but I didn't think they are going to be almost better than us. I know, because we keep making fun of Dave Haxel. Well, he kind of deserves it, so... I mean, he does, but I mean, can we really say much when we're, you know, just as bad? I'm going to say yes, because he he deserves this flag. The Flyers don't. Gotcha. So, anyway, I'm sticking to it. Anyway, um, while we're on the topic of the standings, I'll go over, like I mentioned, the, um, I'll go over the West, and then um, if you have the standings up, go over the East. Yeah. Um, Central, you have Colorado leading the way as always, 38-10-4, 80 points. Second place is St. Louis, 68 points. They're 12 points behind them, 31, 14, and 6. Uh, they're in a very close race really with Minnesota, who's 65 points. Say again? I said, is there really a surprise there? No. But, like, like yes and no. Mm-hmm. Well, here, I, I got to look in who, who their specific division is. All right, so it's Colorado, St. Louis, Minnesota. And Nashville is a point behind Minnesota. And then there's a little bit of drop-off. Dallas is in fifth with 59 points. Okay. Then 53. Winnipeg. So, yeah. So, there's that. Yeah. Um, But anyway, so those are top three. By their talent alone, is there really a surprise that they're – Oh, no. Talent alone, absolutely not. But at the same time, it's like – I'm just cracking up uh, at the the point difference right now in the standings. Yeah. I still think these avalanche are the – Version of the lightning from 2012. 20, 2012. Not the recent ones. The ones yes. where you're struggling in the playoffs, but you're still doing really well in the season. You just can't yes. get past that hump. Uh, actually, there's a couple of years where Tampa Bay, they didn't do quite well because I think it was 2012, actually, the year after they went to the conference finals. They end up with like third overall pick and they, they used it to draft Drew in. It's true, which obviously didn't really work out since they traded him. And that's worked out substantially better for Tampa Bay. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. 
Um, so then uh, in the Pacific, Calgary, 66 points. <laughs> LA, 63. Vegas, 62. If you put any team – sorry, so if you put St. Louis or, and or Mont- – uh, sorry, Minnesota in the Pacific, they would already be in second place, if not first place, in the Pacific. That's how – Bad the Pacific is kind of uh, it's, right it's, now. It's not great. It's a bunch of so, rebuilding teams plus Vegas, yeah. who I think at the end of the day is probably still going to take it. Right now, Calgary's just on a really hot spree, especially since they got to Foley. Damn, uh, they're nine they, one they just, and in the last. Yeah, 10. they had a they had a nice. Uh, LA's nothing to going. sneeze about either. Seven one and two, winning four straight, so they're getting hot at the right time. They are, uh, but Vegas, also they're four four and two in the last ten. You also have to keep this in mind, too, that uh, I think Vegas is just slowly going to start getting better because with Eichel playing more and all and this. And he's been just... putting up points since his return. So there's something there, yeah. there to Plus keep I in think mind, they have too. other injuries because they, they have quite a bit from what I'm, I, uh, yeah, I believe. Mark St- yeah, Mark Stone's out. Yeah, he's on long-term, long-term IR. I believe he's going to pull like a future off. He'll be back for the yep, playoffs. Yep, and yep, then they'll go Yep, yep, yep. So... What's your thought on that real quick before we go to the rest of the sayings? Like, do you think the NHL should make a rule where you can't do that or enforce a way to like make that illegal? Because I know people are going to be are, are pissed off with how Tampa did it. And then Vegas is literally doing the same exact thing, which it again, like because I saw I like a scout smart. or GM or some, some executive person in the NHL recently said a different team saying you would be stupid not to do it. Because if you yeah. have the opportunity every to do team it, does it. Every I think every team at some point does kind of do that. Imagine. Exactly. Especially so, if you're a playoff team, because the season for you doesn't really matter. So yeah, the person may be healthy enough to come back. Yeah. But you're also like, well, what if I give this person a little extra rest? So when the thick of it comes, he's actually more rested. He may be rusty. Right. But he's also fresher than most of the guys have been playing a lot of these guys. A lot yeah. of these games. Yeah. So, so to me, I think it's just a smart strategy. And no, the it's hundred percent extremely smart. I'm just like surprised. I'm not gonna lie. I'm a little surprised that like it. What you is, think Colorado I, again, isn't I think gonna do it too at some point? I'd imagine. Well, again, if if depending on who's hurt, though. Um. So I'll put it this way. I think also the reason why. People are so pissed because one Tampa Bay, when Tampa Bay first did it, they had a lot of money well over the cap, and two because they end up winning the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Now, like, like, let's say if, if Tampa Bay doesn't even beat Dallas that first year, or, or was it Dallas or against Montreal Dallas. when they did? It, it was against Dallas in in the first Cup when uh, they had Kucherov on long term IR. He came back, right? Or was that no, last? That year? was last year. I'm sorry, okay, that, that was last the year Stars was Montreal. the bubble season. Yeah, Stars was about okay. I, yeah, yeah. So uh, last year against Montreal, if Montreal ends up winning the cup against Tampa Bay, no one's going to bat an eye. Like, yeah, they might be like, okay, like you can't do this, but it doesn't matter because. Um, mm-hmm. But then if you look from, and obviously pandemic class, you're like, wait, they can't play each other in the Stanley Cup. They're in the same division or same yep. conference. There you go. Um, anyway, uh, you have Nashville going back to the standings. Nashville, 64 points, 30, 18, and 4. They're having a great season. Edmonton, uh, 28, 20, and 3. They are actually the same record as Dallas, but tied for 59 points. And then, as I mentioned earlier, Anaheim, 25, 20, and 9 with 59 points as well. 
Right behind those guys is Vancouver, 56 points, 25, 22, and 6. And then 22, 21, and 9, 53 points, Winnipeg. You could even argue, I think the cutoff, in a way, for that last wildcard spot is San Jose. No, they're not doing great, but they're only a point behind Winnipeg. They're seven points behind Anaheim, Dallas, and Edmonton for that last wildcard spot. I think that's a cutoff. Everyone else from there, you can eliminate in Arizona, obviously. And even with that being said, San Jose is kind of iffy. There, I, I don't. But I, I think like I'm only putting them on this list because they're a point behind Winnipeg. So mm-hmm. there's that. Other than that, that's literally the cutoff, right. in my opinion. So in the East, uh, in the Metro. Against Maine, no surprise. I kind of thought they were going to take it. Montreal, Australian division, 36, 11, and 4 with 76 points, followed by the Rangers, who are also on fire lately, 7, 2, and 1 of the last 10. They're on a two game winning streak. Uh, 33, 13, and 5 for 71 points, and followed by Pittsburgh, who overtook Washington. I think the last time we saw this, I think Washington was up there, uh, with 31, 14, and 8 for 70 points. Uh, and the Atlantic, you still got Florida up there, uh, seven three zero in the last ten. We're on a bit of losing streak, losing the last two, 35, 12, and five, 75 points. Uh, followed by Tampa, thirty three eleven and six with seventy two points, and Toronto, thirty four fourteen and four for seventy points. Uh, they're Toronto's about five hundred lately in their last ten, five four and one. Uh, Tampa also has done one in their last ten. Seven, or seven, two, and one. They're on a three-game winning streak. And the wild card right now, if the playoffs ended, first one would be the Washington, uh, Washington Capitals, taking on the Carolina Hurricanes, which would be a fun series. And Boston, who is five, four, again, about five hundred, five, four, and one. The last ten uh, winners are the last three, thirty, seventeen, four with sixty-four points. Uh, Washington, if I didn't say there's. Uh, uh, Record was 28, 16, and 9 for 65 points. They're 5 and 5 in their last 10. They lost their last game. Where would oh, you say the cutoff? Look at Columbus up there. Yeah, Columbus. They're, uh, the Columbus, they're 7 and 3 in their last you, 10. You know, where the, you know where the cutoff is? Um, Detroit? No, Columbus. That's too okay. much of it. There's too much of a gap. It's 64 points to 55 points. That's too Ooh, much. Yeah, that's too much. Of and a gap that's to already catch big up. enough gap right there. But then, I mean, Detroit's only three points behind Columbus, but they would need to go on a massive tear. And then, even then, they and would even right Boston now, to completely fall off the map. Yeah. Um, but also, like, if you look at it right now, Columbus is 7 3 0 in their last 10, which is good. It just, in order for them to do it, they're Gonna have to go in a really long, almost like a month long winning slash point streak. So Boston, they're currently on three game winning streak. So that means before those three games, they were two, four, and one in their last seven. Mm-hmm. And then they won three straight. Yeah. So uh, to be that, honest, I did not expect yeah. them to be in the playoffs this year. But but the that fires was being my prediction shit. as well. I so I was saying just, that uh, Boston would miss out completely on I was, the playoffs. I was, I was finally right about the Islanders. I like that. I was very happy about that. Yeah. I'm pretty. I'm so far. I'm killing it. I think both those are 
Florida on top of the Atlantic. Mm -hmm. And I'll ask you this question because I thought of it when I was saying the standings. Do you think for the next few seasons, the three and the Atlantic are these three teams? Yes. And just, and just, and just these three teams. Yes. not in this order, but these three. No, teams. 100%. Yes. I, I don't care about the order, but the next few seasons, those are the three teams. I think, keyword think, because again, I, I'm still in that prediction of God, this is, I, I always forget the years. A couple of years ago, I predicted the moment of Red Wings hired Steve Eisman to be their GM uh, back in Detroit. They were going to make the playoffs within five years of him getting hired. Within five, I think we're at least at three years, three and a half. So that window is slowly but surely closing for me. I'm still predicting that they will make the playoffs within five years. They're making great, great strides and doing far better it's than they ever had since April 19th, 2019. Two years, 10 months, and seven days to be exact since he was hired as the. Okay, so I, I have an extra year. So perfect, even better. So I'll put it this way. Looking at their standings, they are for Detroit 23, 23, and 6 with 52 points. That's the most amount of points they ever had, uh, like two seasons in a row kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So For a little bit. For, for a little bit, exactly. So with that being said, though, I think that they are really taking a huge step in the right direction. I think they're going to miss out this year. But next year, depending on what they how they draft again, which I trust Steve Eisman and the scouts, along with what they do in free agency, because depending on how much cap space they have, I expect them to make a splash to they have nine to picks do something. Year. Yeah, they got so two second round picks and three fourth round picks. <laughs> yeah. And also, they're looking to trade away Nick Letty, too, if we're looking at that uh, trade bait board yes. on there. Yeah, they have Letty on the decent trade bait list. He <laughs> is number 20, uh, 5.5 mil cap hit. He is 30 years old, left-handed defenseman, UFA for the, uh, by the end of this year. So no matter what, I expect him I- to be gone. Yeah. Whether a trade or, you know, go to free agency, he's going to be gone from Detroit. Or if he does come back in free agency, or they re- or sorry, meaning renew his contract, it will be a way less deal because he's not worth five and a half mil. Come on, Jeffrey. Where was he playing before? Yeah, good job, Lil. No, I'm saying, where do you think he's going to go? He's going to oh. go back to the island. Back to the island. Okay. Okay. I, that's where I think he's just going to end. And then that's there. where he'll get overpaid again. <laughs> All right. Uh, you All right. know what? No, you know what? Nick Letty, you go back to uh, Long Island and, and you do your thing. Yep. I could totally anyway. see him getting him back. 100%. So those are the updated standings with the wild card. Uh, real quick for the yesterday's top performers Nathan McKinnon, two goals uh, plus four, 14 shots on goal. Uh, Probably should over. Maybe 22 minutes. Maybe he shouldn't have been playing in that game. Probably not even a maybe. He 100% should not have played. Still shouldn't have played. I don't know how many games you could get for a suspension for um, abusive official, but he 100% should have been suspended, excuse me, for a minimum two games, probably. He claimed he was going after the player. 
the player, uh, Austin, this... it was, uh, I can't remember who they were even playing, but yes. it was Th- Thomas Nosek. He was skating away. He went to go supposedly hit uh, Nosek in the leg, and he got the referee. He didn't Did even not. get a penalty, I think. Because that is called 10 out of 10 times. But because he's Nathan McKinnon, and, and, a, and an actual referee even said, because he's who he is, I'm not surprised he didn't get anything. An actual mm-hmm. official said that. You're the ones making the – so I will say, I don't know if that said official was on the ice. I'd assume he wasn't because if he was on the ice, he would have called it clearly because – you need to call it. You can't hit an official, especially you know, well, in any capacity, if, with a punch, with a shove, with your stick. Well, nothing. we've even seen it where players players have been suspended or fined for shit that was didn't call, wasn't called on the right. ice. Right. But that also means player safety. I guess player safety won't really. I guess they're handling handing down the. I don't know who's handling yeah. down that because it's not really the player safety; it's more of the official safety. Um. Yeah. You, you, you got to suspend them for that. That's hundred uh... percent. Cause again, it's like you're setting an example then that these star players can get away with anything on the ice. And, mm-hmm. and that's not just because they're the best in the league. Doesn't mean they can get away with, get away with this stuff. You know, Brian mm-hmm. Marchand, he got a six game suspension because he, Brian Marchand, he's an idiot. And he was trying to appeal that then happened. Um, but overall though, looking at things, You're again. You're setting that example that hey, just because you're Nathan McKinnon, you're Sidney Crosby, you're Connor you're McDavid, you're Leon Draisaitl, yeah. you're whoever. And you don't have a record, or you don't have that and, big and, of a record. Yeah, so some of these guys don't have records, you know, or a history. That means they can get away with anything. McKinnon, well, he's been suspended one or two yeah. times before, if I'm not mistaken. So why can't you suspend him here, especially for something like this? Abusive official is an automatic game misconduct and should be one for a suspension. I don't understand. The only reason they're not doing it because he's Nathan McKenna. Don't get me wrong. I love McKenna. I think he's probably the top third player in the world, if not maybe second. Probably second. I would say second. Like I said, top three, second or third. Obviously, McDavid is ahead of him. Um, but that being said, though, you can't be doing this crap. It, it's such a bad look for you, and just, it's so bad, dude. It, it's um, anyway. You know what um, I think it is, Jeffrey? Yes, I think it's Codger disease. I think it's starting to spread in Colorado. Codger disease. You're, hey, you're not wrong. Think about it. before. McKinnon who else do you think? This... Who, if you've said, if you've had to think off the top of your head, the first person someone did that. Who, who do you think it would be? Is Kadri one of those people? Kadri. Yeah. Yeah. So, like you say, it could be Kadri disease. Let's just hope it doesn't affect McKinnon in playoffs because this isn't his style of game. He also should have been suspended for the illegal check of the head on Nolan Patrick against Vegas during the night uh, Eichel made his return or, uh, to the NHL. So, yeah. Anyway, moving forward, uh, Gabriel Landeskog, uh, he put up a hattie. So five goals alone between those two, which is unbelievable. Um, Patrick Kane and Brett, Brandon Hagel for Chicago each had a hat trick. That's pretty crazy there. Um, uh, Kane also put up an assist. So seven points between those two alone. 
You had Adrian Campe and Jordan Cairo, two goals and assists apiece for LA and San Luis, respectively. Jordan, uh, sorry, uh, Jesper Brat and uh, Nick Schmaltz, New Jersey and Arizona, two goals apiece there. So some very good stats from last night. Goaltending-wise, he had some pretty sick numbers here. Scott Wedgwood, 43 saves on 44 shots, 0.977 save percentage. Uh, Freddie Anderson, he gets a shout-out and only needed 19 saves to do it. Uh, Jonathan Quick, who mentioned earlier, 24 saves, 25 shots, 0.960 save percentage, uh, just along the one goal. Yesterday's scores, um, some pretty high-scoring ones here. L.A. topping in on 4-1. to one. Uh, Troy Terry, the lone goal there, uh, as I mentioned, Kempe, two goals for L.A. Carolina shutting out Columbus. They improved to 36-11-4. Uh, Stahl, Taravina, Trocek, and Nino Niederreiter all scoring there. Uh, Colorado, 6-3 uh, to three against Winnipeg. As I mentioned, McKinnon and Lynn Scott leading the way. Three goals and two goals themselves there. Kyle Connor, he just got his 30th goal of the season last night. Uh, one of the three goals for Winnipeg. Buffalo and St. Louis, uh, the Blues topping the Sabres 5-3. to three, Cairo with two of the goals. Um, Ocposo, he's still playing. He got his 13th of the season last night. Uh, Dylan Cousins, uh, the young star there in Buffalo, got his 12th. And Tate Thompson, excuse me, his 21st. Chicago in a very high-scoring game, 8-5 to five against New Jersey. Um, Jack Hughes got his 15th. Uh, Sharon Govich, his 12th. Brock got two. And Siegenthaler won. Uh, Hagel and Keen apiece got a hat trick. Kirby Duck and Carpenter goal there. And then in Vegas, um, William Carrier, the only goal is Nick Schmaltz got two. And our old buddy, the ghost, with a rocket of a shot coming off of the bench. His ninth of the year, three to one, Arizona. Today's games, you have a couple. Uh, the Flyers are currently uh, taking on the Caps right now. That's a 12.30 p.m. start. Literally just uh, Pucks uh, and Drew scored 11 seconds into the game. You're... I'm not joking. Uh, the, the, just it... Wow. Okay. Drew scoring 11 seconds into the game. There you go. And that ups his trade value even more. Gee, good job, bud. I don't, think, I don't think that's possible. I think the all-star game did enough to up that one. Hey, you, you never know. For example, Tyler Toffoli in his last game is a king. He put up a hattie before literally the day before the deadline. So just saying. Yeah. And jurors got a whole month to do that. <laughs> um, Edmonton and Florida, 1230 game as well. Um, so we can keep out an eye out for updates along the way. The Rangers taking on the Penguins at 3 o'clock. Um, Canadians um, at the Ottawa, 7 p.m. Uh, 7.30, uh, Toronto at Detroit. And then another 7.30 game. This one is a little bit more significant. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning are making history as their first ever outdoor game. The Stadium Series game in Nashville, Tennessee, as the uh, Lightning are taking on the Preds. 7.30 puck drop, Eastern time there. Uh, Minnesota against Calgary, 10 p.m. Uh, along with these other games. Boston has a 10 p.m. game against San Jose. And Colorado, Vegas, and the 10:30 Isles against the Kings. So there you go. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Not to go off on another tangent. I think it's just just how today's going to go for us on this podcast, which isn't a surprise. But do they not care about these outdoor games? I know I th- I, I'm already kind of over them anyways because like there's too many of them. But yeah, why do you have so many games on the same day you have a stadium series game? Who knows? 
like you said, I really don't think they care enough, uh, to be honest. Because I think that was almost the same. I think that was the same way for the Winter Classic too. It really was. The Winter Classic is supposed to be a very unique and special event for the NHL. They're supposed to do what they can to market as much as possible. How can you do that when you had ten other games going on that same day and night? And that wasn't even like it was that night too. It wasn't like it was at in the night. afternoon, like every other the one. Day. Yeah, and not only that, but like they had other games going on at the same time. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know what they're doing with their outdoor series anymore. Who who knows? Just oh, but I uh, wish Giroux's uh, goal. It's his two hundred ninetieth goal of his career, tying Eric Lindros for eighth in Flyers history. Also moves him three points from nine hundred in the NHL. He's also um, is slowly but surely coming to one thousand games in the NHL with Philadelphia. So yeah, there you Drew go. Sucks, right, guys? <laughs> Should have really? trained him years ago, right, guys? Uh, Washington is on the power play. Seventeen fifty-seven left. No, in the they're first. Um, no, they're going to score. A hundred percent. Edmonton and Florida just got started. Uh, Eighteen twenty-six left in the first. So literally a minute and a half ago, just started there. Um, so we'll keep an eye out for the scores. Real yeah. quick for the Flyers, fun fact: they are two, fourteen and four this year in two thousand twenty-two. Is that good? Sure. Okay. Sure, we'll go with that. We're playing golf, right? It's... Oh, obviously, low score wins. Yeah. Going for Eagles the whole way. Mm-hmm. All right. So with that being said, we went over the standings. We went over the stat head. That took a while, but sure. we did it. <laughs> The trade deadline is still a month away here, Mike. But then again, before I get into that, because I, I know you had some topics that you want to discuss. One was about closure. So, and there was another one. I don't know. I think Drew just knew I was going to talk about them because the Flyers clearly have this on the background in their podcast and their yes. locker room. Yes, um, they have been on on the bench. Yeah, no, because this is even a live stream, so I don't know how that's even possible. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I kept seeing, cause obviously for the last, I don't know, a couple of weeks now, everyone kind of tweets out how many scouts are at Phantoms or Flyers games and everything. And I was very curious as to why Colorado kept sending people to the Phantoms when you're trying to get Drew. I actually have an answer to that where I might have some sort of idea. If I had to guess, maybe, just maybe, Colorado and the Flyers are, are talking where they're to the point where they're saying, you know, we want Jiro, obviously, Jiro wants to come here. That's no secret. I think Colorado would give Claude Giroux the best chance to win the Stanley Cup. There's no doubt about it. The other team you could argue is Vegas and Tampa. They won't fit them under their cap situation, so you can forget that. Colorado, you have the Neither best could chance. Pi- not re- Colorado can't really either, cap-wise. Well, it depends. They're going to have to give up some terms. So looking real quick at Philadelphia's uh, cap friendly, they have 4.4 mil in cap space right now. I fully expect them to get rid of Rasmus Ristolainen, uh, which is 4, another. 000. Thank you. I can't read. 
sorry, four thousand four hundred ninety dollars. Thank you. That that's that's a little bit of a big difference. I was, I was gonna, gonna say, like, I, yeah, that seems seems that seems off. a little much, especially for like now for the NHL. Yeah. Um. Sorry. For there you go. That makes more sense. The Colorado Avalanche have seven hundred seventy seven thousand eight hundred forty five dollars. Okay, that makes more sense. Anyway, so for the Flyers, they're going to unload Rasmus Ristolainen five point four mil. They're going to unload Justin Braun one point eight mil. That's seven point two mil right there. If they get rid of Giroux, which I expect them to, that's eight. That's fifteen point two mil. They're essentially getting rid of off their, you know, cap. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'd expect some term getting brought back in some way or the other for Colorado if they trade him to there. I expect Tyson Jost, who's 2 mil, or JT Comfort, 3.5 mil. I prefer Jost over Comfort. I know people aren't crazy about Tyson Jost. He plays more of a defensive game. I think it's, again, it makes sense for it's like, why can't he do well as he is with a team like Colorado because look at the line he's, he's on the playing line. on. He's on he's stuck on the fourth line and you don't have any assets there. Sorry, I gotta bring up right now, but you don't have any assets there for don't make who fun the of people like that. Come on now. He's playing with Kermis McDermott and Darren Helm. Right, well, the last time I saw it, why do you expect him to do anything? That's like what we're doing with Frost. You're giving him scrubs to play with and expect him to do well. Of course he's not gonna do well. Dave Alks new hook on the third line, which is dumb because he should be on the second line where Kadri is, but Kadri is getting so much praises here because he's actually having a decent year. Um, yeah, but they want Drew, so when Kadri pulls a Kadri in the playoffs, they won't get fucked. That's exactly. the reason why they want Drew. Now, what I am worried about is looking at the Avalanche. Kadri, he's a 4.5 mil cap hit. He's going to be UFA by the end of the year because especially he's having a great year. I think... It, and it's also been rumored the Flyers could go after him. I don't want him on the Flyers. He's going to be a shit show in Philadelphia. It's going to be a brutal idea to even consider him. I don't care if he fits their style. They don't have an identity at all right now. So I can't even fit if it fits his style. So that being said, though, Colorado – so, again, not many teams have cap right now. But if if you're Giroux and the Flyers, you know, they're going to trade Giroux. I expect them to retain – even at least a minimum 45% of his salary, 50%. So you're looking at retaining three, three and a half mil at least minimum, if I had to guess. But with that being said, though, one way or the other, you're going to have to get some term back just to even, you know, stay underneath the cap and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and, and whatnot. So just, I, I, for a team like Colorado, the the way and kind of sorry, going back to your original question, it makes sense for why they are looking at players in with the Phantoms because, at least in my opinion, because what if they're trying to swing a deal so big that they're going to need to get a Phantoms player in return as well? So, for example, I don't know who they would look at, but because uh, it. So, like, let's say, you know, looking at the minors and stuff like that, who's a realistic prospect? No, no, because, again, what if Giroux is able to fetch you an Alex Newhook? That would be unreal. It's not going to happen unless you throw in a B-level prospect as well because they're not going to give up Newhook for Giroux like that. It's going to 
going to need to pry them away from the idea of Newhook. And even then, that's going to be quite a bit of a haul. So with that being said, I think if you're looking, the only reason you would say the Phantoms or the Avalanche or Scotty Phantoms, they're looking to add more to this Giroux package. I don't know what that could look like, but my guess is depending on the level of the prospects, my guess is they're going after a bigger need than just Justin Barron, who I think you'd easily get in a big deal for Giroux. I think they're trying to hit it a home run here with this deal for Giroux and get an Alex Newhook, get a Bowen Byram to really amp up their team and really make aggressively retool. Even though I'd, we both agree there's no such thing in my opinion, in our opinions as aggressively retooling, I don't think that's a thing. It's either you're in it or you're not and you're just there or you're rebuilding. There's no such thing in my opinion as aggressively retooling. That's just what I think. But with that being said, though, um, I think that's what they're really looking at here, to be honest. I think they're trying to get a decent-sized name. I, I, I could be just blowing some up here. I don't know. That's just my assumption is they're – and maybe they're just trying to get familiar with the Phantoms just to say, like, hey, like, what if we want to make another trade? Or what if we – again, I really think it's going to be one massive, you know, package deal for Giroud to Colorado if they trade him there. The thing that I think will affect that and all this – is the fact that you're only going to have it for really a month, and that's and that's the now, other thing. month and plus playoffs, but of course, but you're not always guaranteed the second, third round appearance every single no. year for and, and for them the they get a limit. The last couple of playoffs they've gotten limited in the second round, so exactly. So their goal, like I've been mentioning before to some people, their goal is not to the Stanley Cup final. Their goal is to make it to the conference finals, take it round by round at a time, focus one little step at a time, and then they will get past that hump. They need a player like Giroud to get them over that hump. But in all reality, what are the, what's Joe Sackick willing to give up in order to do yeah. so? But I also maybe counter with this argument, not that Giroud isn't that, but he also tried doing that with Seabrook last year and you still had the same outcome. Maybe that's Seabrook for the whole season. I think. No, not Seabrook, sorry. Uh, but Saad. Yeah, Saad, yeah. Thank you. I know Saad was an S. Yeah, it's okay. And former Chicago player. Yeah, former shitty. Uh, you're not wrong, though, but there's a huge step from Saad to Giroux. Yes, there is a huge so, one, yes. But. Now, with that being said, though, Saad had his best season since he was a rookie with Colorado last year, and then he signed a nice ticket deal in, in uh, St. Louis. So, mm-hmm. So, and think, I also think, yeah. And I honestly, I obviously get wanting to get uh, Drew just because you know Cadre's going to pull Cadre somehow in the playoffs, just oh, so yeah. you have insurance. No, no matter but, what, you expect him to be suspended. You expect it from him because that's his, in his nature. My thinking is, and I texted you this the other day or a while ago, I think, but if I'm them, I'm looking more defense. Your offense is not an issue. I don't think your offense is an issue. You don't need any more offense. You obviously need someone who can help you get through that last line of defense or next round, and Drew could do that, sure. But I feel like your depth defense isn't anything stellar. And looking at their defense, they've Devontae's Kilmacar, Jack Johnson, Sam Gerard, Eric Johnson, Ryan Murray. <laughs> you you need to get rid of Jack Johnson and Eric Johnson, in my pair. opinion. 
Jack Johnson is on your second pair with San Gerard. That's a mistake and a half. Yeah. San Gerard is such an elite young defenseman. He needs someone better than Jack Johnson. So what you're saying makes so much more sense. And that is a huge reason why I am saying Giroux's not getting traded to Colorado. Mm-hmm. My prediction yeah, is getting... I think getting, you even tweeted that out because I feel like that as, as good of a fit that could be in theory for Colorado, I don't know if that fits. It doesn't make sense because yeah. they need defense. And if... Because their next coming of a defenseman is Justin Barron or the, Drew Hellison, I think. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have to include one of them um, in this deal. And that's not going to help at all. So overall, though, what I will say, I think he goes to St. Louis. Although his number one team is probably Colorado. I think he goes to St. Louis because, or even Minnesota because they have more to offer. And here's the other thing. I they're think right behind to... Colorado in a way. in the stand, They're at least com- uh, competitive enough where they can make a stand you know, and say, like, hey, like, here's what we have to offer. This is our best offer. We are trying to go for it and get to the second round and more, of course. But we are confident enough in our team that where not only can we offer the assets now to win now, but – you know, we can also get Giroux and and just advance more and more specifically beat Colorado. Um, so that being said, I though, think just yeah. not to cut you off there. No, 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 you're good. Go for it. Go for it. This is my prediction, but I could see it going this way too. Because you said two, t- those three teams, I could see being in the running. Also, Florida. Those are the, the most rumored teams right now. But I'll make the argument that I think Florida could potentially overpay for Giroux. And that could happen too, and 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 that's also why I'm like, you know what? Because again, no and one even knew if Florida think... was even involved until Elliot Freeman's 32 thoughts. No one knew about it until that came out. I'm like, wait, what? So now Florida could be this dark horse team that they, like you said, they could overpay, swoop in, and like, hey, here we are. We're trying to make an impact. Also, and, if you think of this too, because yeah. I, I literally thought of this like a second ago. If you think Florida could be like. St. Louis, where they just kind of came out of nowhere and won it all because they just were hot yep. at the right time. If Florida can continue their hot streak as they've been all season and go into the playoffs, you add Drew, who has that playoff experience with everyone else they got on the team now. Uh, that makes their depth a lot better. It takes a lot of pressure off of Huberto and Barkoff. It does. So I, I don't really think. So I think I can hundred percent understand why Florida would want him. Now, the issue there would be: Would Drew be willing to waive his no trade calls to go to Florida? That's the only thing. And that's what comes. This all comes back to because the reason why everyone says Colorado is because that's the easy one where you say, "Okay, I'm okay with going here," because on paper they could be the team that could win it. Right on paper doesn't mean you're going to exactly because on paper they've been the best team for years now besides Tampa Bay of course and and Vegas yeah but so looking at so we looked at Colorado uh, let's look at uh, Florida real quick mm-hmm. four hundred seventy six thousand cap they have they don't have that many expiring contracts the one that kills them the most obviously is Sergey Bobrovsky although. 
he's doing much better. I will yes. say. I'll also say this too. If he goes to Florida, it's a hundred percent just rental because they got, I two, have a question. They got two contracts getting up. I have a question. Why is Spencer Knight in the minors right now? Because it says on their NHL roster, Jonas Johansson and Sergey uh, Barovsky. He did not play great. He, he. Uh, Spencer Knight? Yeah. Ooh. Like, a, how not great we talking? He played 18 games, 3.22 goals against, 898 save percentage. Gosh. And okay. seven games for the checkers. 280 and 2.8 and then a 908 same percentage so okay that's, it's getting that's a lot better. better i think it was more so a confidence thing than anything else because uh, again he's an extremely young goalie like technically like this is still theoretically his regular his rookie oh, season and, because he didn't play enough games last year and right now uh bob who you just said was having a good season at 36 games two uh 258 goals against 917 save percentage 917. That's pretty good. And Jonas Johnson. He claimed them uh, off of waivers. Yes, he did. And he has not. He, he also, uh, he's done even worse than Spencer Knight. Um, a 408 goals against and an 872 save percentage in 10 games. Yay. So I guess for them, good thing Bob's breaking out right now. Right. Their issue but- will come in the playoffs because Bob has shown in the past. Yeah. In season, he could do well. It's playoffs where he struggles. Now, what's worth noting, the only one asset on this 50 asset list for the trade bait list is number, just saw him, uh, number 36 out of 50, Owen Sippet. He was a former first round pick. He's struggling. I get the idea behind Tippett. He's a right wing. He's only 23. He's 20. Or sorry, he's 14 points in 42 games, six of them goals. I get he's struggling. I don't know why. I've never been the biggest Owen Tippett fan. I think he's good. It's just he's not like a player. I would go out of my way and say, hey, I'm calling you today, Florida, about Owen Tippett. I want to yeah. talk to Owen Tippett. He's not a player I would go out of my way to talk to inquire about. Yeah, it isn't that much, but so there's that. Um, and for Florida, they don't. I mean, they have very few contracts that are UFAs. Their most expensive one coming out as a UFA. Although he did do pretty well, just real quick. So yeah, in 1920 uh, was the first time he came. Outside of the first seven games in 17, 18, which I don't really count with Florida, uh, with the Thunderbirds, their AHL team, where he put up 40 points in 46 games, 19 goals, 21 assists. So he was just sent back down, I guess, at some point. Yeah. Um, um, but right um, now, he's, he's again struggling in NHL, but I think that it's again the confidence kind of issue. But yeah, and I can see that. But it could also um, be a similar thing to that of what we we're talking about with. Uh, what's his face in Colorado where it may just be a change of scenery kind of thing. Maybe that will just, yeah, just, yeah. but, and I will say looking at their getting both US- these guys is the fact that I feel like it's just kind of, you bring it back. Some, not obviously outside of the 
concussion and injury issues and everything that Nolan Patrick had, but you're essentially bringing another guy like Nolan Patrick where he hasn't done too much right. kind of thing. That's fair. And, I, and, and I'm not going to lie. I really think Colorado is rather surprised at how much or how little you, you would, should rather say that Tyson Joseph has actually done. Because don't forget, he's a second-round pick in 2016. Yeah. So I know they're not obviously – yeah. They're not thrilled with his point production, I'm sure. But defensively, he's great. Like, he, he's he, – he does a lot of great things defensively. Uh, I'd imagine, of course, he would rather see more point value for him and everything. Um, yeah. So, but anyway, uh, Marcus Nutavara, uh, 2.7 mil long-term IR him and Frank uh, Vitrandi, 2.53 are the most expensive contracts for Florida UFA uh, at the end of this year. Uh, now, Minnesota, looking at them real quick and what their current lines are right now. Uh, so, again, like I mentioned, Minnesota, they're second in their division. If you're looking at centers, there are centers that would go like this. Barkov, Sam Bennett, second line. Anton Lundell, who I know they do not want to get rid of. And E2, Lou Sterren. And, and for Giroux, he would instantly go where Sam Bennett is playing, bumping down Lundell to the fourth line, making Lou Sterren and uh, probably a healthy scratch. And then Giroux, imagine him with Huberdeau and Anthony DeClaire, who has been outstanding this year. So that's a great second line. Now looking at, I'm sorry, st- I'm still in Florida. My bad. Yeah, I was going to say, what are you talking? Huberto is not yeah, right. Sorry, but either way, if you were to go to Florida, that would be a great fit there. Yes. Now let's actually properly, if this allows me it, and Daily Faceoff's website is struggling here, just like I am. Luckily, you got more coffee brewing. Um, but no, so for, for Minnesota, they have the one guy, they just like how Colorado, Colorado doesn't want to get rid of Alex Newhook. They would not want to get rid of a guy like Matt Boley, although he's just come into the league this year, he's been on fire and I mean, like crushing it. Um, I'll bring up his stats in a second. I want to get to the actual four lines right now in Minnesota. Um, what, what could you think about that potential deal? Could you see Giroud to Minnesota? Because supposedly he's on their list. Or they're on his he, list, I should say. Supposedly. I was gonna say You're looking at the centers know. right now. And this is what I find hard to believe. Ryan Hartman is their top center right now, according to dailyfaceoff.com. He's, He's on line with Nancy Carrillo and Kirill Kaprizov. Imagine putting Giroux on that line instead of Hartman. Now, don't get yeah, me wrong. Is... Hartman's having a good, good season for Minnesota, which is crazy, but he's not a number one center. Mm-hmm. You get Giroux instantly. He's your best center. Now, I think that See, I feel like he they have their lines that, a little but... screwy. Because they don't, they need to have Joel Erickson Eck on the second line instead of Frederick Goodrow. I think if they did get Drew, they're going to want him more than just for this year, right? Minnesota, because 
if he's, they would need a guy like him for more than one year, or because they're not winning. Few months. I don't think they're winning anytime soon. So I feel like because of that, if there is real reason for wanting to get out of here, or a reason to want to get out of here so we can win, I don't think Minnesota's there yet. So I don't think. He's, uh, I think if if, if Minnesota because they they're not giving up Matt Boldy, the only reason they ever would is if they got a guarantee from Drew saying, hey, not only am I willing to get traded there, I'm willing to sign a contract extension with you guys. Only then would Minnesota give up someone that ability. On defense, they've Goligoski, Spurgeon, Brodine, Kulikov, Merrill, and Kalen Addison. And Kalen Addison, him and Carson Lambert, who they drafted in the last two years as a first-round pick, those two, those are the kind of defensive prospects slash NHL-ready or close to NHL-ready prospects you would want to get. Um, now, depending on what the Flyers need, we talked about this before, right now, kind of, you know, drumming uh, the old, you know, hitting the old drum, they kind of need centers again. Honestly, depending on how you look at it, if you don't get a guy like Matt Boldy, and if you... Boldy's a winger. No, I know. I'm, I'm saying, like, he, oh. him, like Newhook, he's the go-to guy to go and say, hey, this is who we would want. Yes. But in order to get him, you would need to give up a lot. Or, like you're saying, they would need to have Giroux willingly sign an extension in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. With that being said, though, a guy like Joel Erickson Eck, he's the guy. And, and, and maybe the other reason why, because I'm not seeing Jordan Greenaway on here either. And he's, yeah, he, he, he's, okay, he's day to day. I can't remember if he's a center or not. I think he's a center. But either way, though, he's easily mm-hmm. in your top nine. So that's probably. Him. Hmm. Not corner cap friendly. Okay, he's a winger. Okay, never mind then. So, so I, I would be more than okay with Jordan Greenway or Joel Erickson Eck. They both have term on their contracts. Um, they're pretty friendly deals from what I remember. Uh, I think it was Erickson Eck, if not Greenway, either way, one of them signed an extension earlier this year. They're also kind of old, Minnesota. And, and really that's the it. thing, though. Also, it's just, like I don't know they why want I've... to get younger, but so why get a like get a guy like Giroux to get past the second first round really and make a splash in the playoffs? And mm-hmm. you could sign him to an extension, but like you said, they're kind of an older group. Like they have Zuccarello is a bit older, Bukestad is kind of older, Felina is older. I don't know Dewar or Duheim. Spurgeon, Goligoski, Brodine are all older. Merrill's older. Col- Dimitri Kolkov, he's kind of ancient. So the entire decor is pretty old, in my opinion, except for Kale Addison, of course. So and Matt Dumba. Uh, Matt Dumba, thank you. I forgot about him. He's out too. So there's that. Um, I feel like for the past couple of offseasons, they've been waving Matt Dumba. So I don't know how much longer it's going to stay. They definitely Minnesota. have been. Uh, for Dumba, and looking at Minnesota, actually. And I will just say me. this because people were. Just- Talking about Petrie, the Flyers going after him. Dumba is a right D. So I like Petrie more than I like Dumba. Dumba's not bad. It's just the only thing with Dumba but, is he's significantly younger. But I'm just saying, if you wanted a right yeah, D to replace that's true. the that's right D's point. you're missing. Um, yeah, so right now, Minnesota doesn't have anyone on their tra- on the trade bait list. Looking at their cap, they have they just got resigned Boldy. And then Goligoski, he's 36. He's a five mil cap hit. He's going to get, he's going to be gone. Um, they have a buried penalty for Victor Rask, who's in the minors. 
Um, he's going to be gone at the end of the year. If I had to guess, he's 2.8 mil. He's not worth that much. Um, yeah. So I would say they're getting rid of Goligoski one way or the other. They need a little bit of everything. The average age for defensemen is 30.3. Average age for forwards, 25.9. The oldest player is Zuccarello, who's 34. Next oldest is Felino, who's 30. Okay, so some of these guys, like, well, Bukesak, he's only 29. For some reason, I thought he was much older, but so there's that. Um, all right, so now, last but not least, I would like to look at the St. Louis Blues, who's my team where I actually think Giroux will end up. I could be completely wrong. That's just, I think they have the best assets to offer they that have, they're willing uh, the to teams part just with. That they have the least amount of cap space with 22,000. Wow. Okay. I think. So, I you know, I think you're right. Yep, they do. So I don't know how they would make this work. Looking at center-wise. Obviously, you've got Ryan O'Reilly. And yep. Brayden Shen, if you're the one you're sending. You have Robert Thomas as second line center and Tyler Bozak. So they have four pretty solid centers. So here's my here's my opinion. If you are the Flyers, you need to go after guys like Robert Thomas. Yes, I know he's a winger, but Ivan Barbashev, Jake Neighbors, who's another winger, or even Jordan Kyrie, who's been proven this year to say, like, hey, he's having a hell of a season and he's locked up for you know another year after this 2.8 mil. Same thing with Thomas. So there's a couple of guys there. Um, they're locked up well on defense. Justin Falk, Tory Krug, each 6.5 mil until 2026, 2027, it looks like. And then Colton Perko. Uh, Jesus, 5.5, and after this, 6.5 mil next year until the same year after that, maybe a little bit longer. Jeffrey, um, if you got was, Robert Thomas, it would be a mini, a goddamn, uh, uh, Vorchek. He's perfect for the Flyers right now at 44 games. He's got 40 points, seven goals, 33 assists. Dude, in 1920, he had 66 and 66 games. 42 goal, 42 points, 10, po- 10 goals, 32 assists. Hey, let's, honestly, get another, let's get another Vorchek. So we can piss off fans some more because we don't shoot enough. Honestly, I think he does shoot. He just, again, produces more assists, of course, obviously. Um, I love Robert Thomas. I think he is an exceptional. He's also only 22. Exactly. He's only 22. He's been up that many points. He's a 22-year-old. Did they say Barbara yeah, could- for the other one? Barbashev, yeah. I, 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 he's always been another guy I've had a close eye on for the last couple of years. He's, also, um, he's already kind of in his kind of in his prime though. So yeah, I'd say he's more so in his time in his time, his prime right now yeah, than he's, anything. He's, he's 26, so I mean. right. But yeah, I feel like for them, in order to make this work outside of maybe the flyers having to Obviously, they they had the fires at the shed more salary, getting them to St. Louis. But again, they, they would else, need but... to get some term back and eat some cap themselves, yeah. if possible. Or you never know; this could very well be a three-team trade. I don't know. Or we could get Jordan Cairo. That... Jordan Cairo is it is another solid option. Cairo, he's really. Um, He's really like stepped up big time to add value to his name. Mm-hmm. 
So I, I still think he's going to St. Louis. Yeah, although they don't have the best team to – or best chance to win, I just think that – They may not, that's but I the think. way they're, they play, it's similar to that of the Islanders where right. if you and add Drew, if you, add Drew seasons, you get another – you get someone who's a little more offensive. Right. And, you and one of the Drew's well. best seasons was with Craig Berube. Yeah, but with that, I'm just saying you're going to get a lot more – you're getting a little more offense than you did for those Islanders teams, but those Islanders teams, those, or even Columbus, if you went through it that way, are difficult to get out in the playoffs. So just because on paper they may not be great, defensively and everything else, and if Jordan Bennington could not be shit or not do Jordan Bennington, Bennington things in the playoffs, mm-hmm. I think they'll be fine. I think they could be like the – I honestly think they could – not a guarantee. I may still put it in my one of my brackets, 22 of them. I think they could be like the stars a couple of seasons ago where I predicted they beat the Columbus, uh, Colorado Avalanche. Again, not predicting it yet, but if you got Drew, I could see yeah. that happening. Man. Uh, update two nothing Flyers. Uh, Rasmus starts to line it, absolutely flattens the capital. And then um, back go. Atkinson and Lawton on like a uh, somehow a two on two. Nice give and go. Atkinson scores. So two nothing uh, Flyers. And that's with 119 left in the see first. Of a change or were they shorthanded? I, I don't know. I, I, I didn't see the play. I was just watching the replay at the end. And I, I it must have been just like a, a bad change or something like that. But it just like. They, they were, it looks like they're kind of like right there, though. So it's great passing by Law and, and, no, and uh, I, I, yeah, I just don't, they, they yeah, don't no, it, it confused me for sure. It's... Yeah, that was Law, oh, sorry, Atkinson's 18th goal of the season. Um, all right, so Claude Giroux going back to him because I want to hear your other topic. In case we didn't hit it already, we did. Yeah, it was just about oh, okay. the Colorado stuff. Gotcha, gotcha. And yeah, wasn't there another topic you? Because you said you thought of something else, and unless we again touched on it, which I we did. Yeah, it was okay. the it was the USA goalies thing. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, there you go. Yeah, I, I got all my things that I. No, all right, perfect. Just making sure because I because I know sometimes we we go oh like this and that I'm like oh wait crap we well, forgot yeah oh Hendrix happens all the time. Um, last but not least, the only other thing I really have is I just want to look at TSN's trade bait list and just pick out some names that are real interesting to me. Um, Drew's obviously on there, number three. Uh, number one, Jacob Chickren. He's I think. I, it is tricky because he Arizona is asking for a king's ransom for him. So I think they're going to do what they can to get the right deal. But again, it's going to have to be the perfect deal for who can really offer the most and who's going to overpay. Because Chicken is a very good defenseman. He's only 23. Three, he is a great contract. Three years into and 4.6 mil cap it. That's a hell of a deal for him. That being said, they're they're all they're asking for quite a lot. He's a left-handed defenseman, um, but 
I don't it's think also, it's going to get done because I, Arizona I is asking for way too much. The fact that he's only 23, but yeah. it, it, it's a bit much. Um, uh, Ben Chirot, yeah. he's most likely going from Montreal. Tomas Hurdle is number four on San Jose. John Klingberg, number five. I think they're trying to get a contract on there. By the same time, Dallas kind of is limbo. So we'll we'll see what happens. And maybe they're another team that's trying to find the perfect deal. Who who knows? Um, number seven, Justin Braun. I think he, he's going to be as good as gone because he, he's a right-handed defenseman. I think so. Don't uh, don't forget, Flyers gave up a second and a third round pick to get him originally. I think Fletch is going to be able to get a second and a fourth for Braun because again, teams are going to overpay. He wasn't even worth a second and a third, but back when the Flyers first got him. I think because he's a right-hand defenseman, he's a veteran, you could get a second and a fourth from him. Yeah. So there's that. Um, yeah. Nothing else Kessler, really, number, yeah. I was going to say, nothing else really here in terms of the guys that are on this list are that surprising to me. Much other than being Not on. really. I'm looking at it now. The only one that kind of does, because it's... Um, <laughs> Robert Hayes, number 24. Yeah, to do that. Um, was JVR at 50? Yeah, JVR number 50. I think just like any rumored deal with LA and Travis Connecty, mm. that's going to be an offseason move. Same thing with this. Yeah. It's going to be an offseason like, like move for JVR and is extremely ridiculous. Seven mil cap at that he's unfortunately not worth anymore. Well, um, maybe it never was. Um, mm-hmm. Shane Bowers is um, on there too. Neil's Lundqvist. That's that's an interesting one for sure. I could say in terms of if we're saying who we think could um, just quick prediction for yep. when the trade deadline comes in a month or whatever, I think Paul Stasny can actually give you a good get you a good amount back. Paul Stasny's been traded, I think, a few times now um, within the last you know, few years. So, well, I don't know if he's really, I, I, I think he's see. just half from team to team. So, I think if someone wants a guy like um, what's his face on Tampa or whatever, if they want uh, Pat Maroon, a guy like yeah. Pat Maroon or something for their team, I think getting a Paul Stasny could help. Um, okay, I lied. So, Stasny's only been traded. Twice. Yeah, he just. It feels like signing, more though. Yeah, he's just been so he's signing 20, to different just, teams. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. So St. Louis in 2018, they traded Paul Stasny and retained 50 percent of his cap to Winnipeg for Eric the signing race Eric Foley, 29th overall pick, which then got traded. So it was a conditional first. Uh, it was if Winnipeg's first round picks ends up being top three, the Jets have the option to keep it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It ended up being, uh, you know, the 28th or 29th overall pick, excuse me. And uh, the uh, Blues ended up trading that pick later because that pick was used to draft Rasmus Sanin by Toronto. They also got a 2024th round pick, uh, conditional. Um, the, uh, the Blues, um, Signed Eric Foley, so the Jets retained the pick. So, really, is Eric Foley and a first, which then then traded for Paul Stasny, and they retained 
uh, have his contract. They then traded the, the Jets as Paul Stasny for Carl Drum, uh, Dahlstrom, which, uh, eight. 150,000 and a conditional fourth. Um, Stasny played five games for Winnipeg in the 2021 season. So, again, it was Dahlstrom and a fourth, but it's probably more so a cap dump because they saved 5.5, 5.6 mil. Mm-hmm. If not a little bit more than that, actually. So, but the reason why I say I, that is, yeah. Uh, in the 41 games he's played this year, he's got 22 points. 12 goals, 12 assists, 12 goals, 10 assists, sorry. So if a guy, if a team wants a depth by third, fourth line center or slash winger like he is, why not? He's got some playoff experience. He could potentially be cheaper than a Drew option if people are looking for that. So I'd keep a lookout for his name just as like a sleeper kind of person to look out for. But I think that's all we got for this week. Until a couple and yep. a few days from now, until our next underachievers, <laughs> until the next time we talk cocky again, whatever that is. We'll see you next time.